Hey everyone, I want to welcome you to a brand new set of conversations called Planned Familyhood. What we're seeking to do in this teaching series is understand the things that we have in common and that are uncommon in our experiences of family. Because each of us has had at some point one type of family or another, but not one of us has had an identical family experience. And so some of our experiences of family are quite accidental. Things just kind of go along as, as kind of things happen. Some people actually plan out how they're going to do family. And some see a great amount of success in their goals and what they want for family. And if we were just objective, we could all probably point to parts of our maybe our family of origin or the family that we're in now that could be honestly called quite a failure for what we wanted. So what we're trying to understand in planned familyhood is why that happens. Why is it that some families go well and others do not? Is there a specific plan that we can make to see things go well? And so for four conversations, we're going to talk about how to make the most out of every single family opportunity. Any status, any stage, any season, any situation, we're going to seek to find the significance in it and the significance of others living out their family lives too. You see, what we want to understand is how to do singleness well. We want to know why marriage is so significant and where parenting can actually be successful. What are wise people doing when it comes to themselves and finding themselves in these situations? And as we talk about these things, I just want to be brutally honest and say, quite frankly, you don't have to be thrilled with the family situation you find yourself in. You don't have to be. This isn't one of those conversations where you just need to buck up and be happy. But what we are going to want is to be intentional about making the very best use out of any situation that we find ourselves in, good or bad. Because I believe every status we've ever been given, from single to married to having kids, all the way up even to things like being widowed, like each and every one of these, there is opportunity for us to do great and good things. Like every season that you find yourself in in family does actually have a reason for it. To understand more about this, we're going to explore one of the most famous chunks of the Bible that explains and describes what it's like to do family well. It was originally a letter that was written to a young church full of young believers in Jesus. Not that they were young like in age, but young in understanding of how to incorporate into their lives a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with their spouse and a relationship with their children or how to be single and to love Jesus. And so if we're going to love God and love people as a church family, we're going to understand how it is to be single, how parent, how to do marriage and so on and so on. And this very famous chunk is often usually focused kind of the back end of this chunk. Like Ephesians 5 verses 21, all the way through chapter 6 into verse 4, it talks about this is how to be a wife. This is how to be a husband and this is parenting this and, and being a child that. And it goes on and it goes on and it's big and there's a lot of it. And we're going to get to it, I promise. Like through the course of these conversations, we're going to get to all of it. But where we're going to start is something that happens just before it. And oftentimes it's missed and it's not incorporated into this chunk of how to do family well. But really it is the setup. It's earlier on in chapter 5 because it gives us the approach to take no matter the relationship and no matter what's coming. It's really how to make the most out of every opportunity. It's Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 20 and this is what it says. It says, be careful how you live. 
Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and make music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, for what's to come in all of these conversations about family, I believe that if we can get this and understand what we just read, the rest of the conversation will be easy. The rest of the conversations will be easy because this is right here at the foundation of what it means to be a a single and do it well, to be married and do it well, to be a parent and do it well. It starts off, the very first few words are a warning and says, be careful. It says, be careful how you live. What it's really saying is there's an opportunity to do this wrong, but there's also an opportunity to do it well. It's not just a bad warning. It's actually a good warning that says, hey, if we're intentional about this, this can be very, very successful. And every single one of the stages we could be in has what is called opportunity. It says we're told to make the most out of every opportunity because if we're honest and we were objective, we could say, look, every day there is an opportunity for me to do good things. Every day there is an opportunity, every decision has an opportunity, and in every relationship there is an opportunity. In every relationship there is a favorable position to be in where we can do good things. That word opportunity, if you just take it to the dictionary, it means to be in a favorable condition, to be in a favorable circumstance or situation where you can actually go on to do something good. Like, you can be in a good position, you can be in a good place and have a good chance, a good prospect of meeting your goals. But opportunity doesn't really look like opportunity if there isn't a plan. And so oftentimes we look in our lives and say there are no opportunities because we don't even know what we're aiming for. Truth of the matter is, if we knew what we were here to do, to do with our lives, we would see that our lives are full, packed, jammed, full of opportunities to do good things to live a life that is significant and to actually follow the plan for family. Because the plan for family, if you want to see it just summed up real nicely, it's actually back in verse 17. What we're here to do is actually understand what the Lord wants us to do. Because he has a plan, he has a desire. It says back in Ephesians 2.10, in the same letter to the same church to us, that we are God's masterpiece that he's created us anew in Christ Jesus. So because of that, because that happened, we can now do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And so if God, if God did create us and he's recreated us anew, and if God does have a plan, and if we do want to know what the Lord wants us to do, we do want to love God and love people, and we do want to follow that plan, then that means every single situation we find ourselves in is geared towards us being able to do good. Geared towards us being able to fulfill those plans that he has for us to do good. Plans that have actually been there for a long, long time. So that's the opportunity. But with every opportunity, there is a flip side to the coin. With every opportunity, there's an opportunity to miss the opportunity. Like we can get a hold of this and we can grab it and we can do well and we can not. Like what it actually does in that chunk of scripture is it ties together foolishness, thoughtlessness, and drunkenness and says all three are alike because all three can ruin your life. 
all three of those can actually make it so that you miss out on the opportunities that you're in. In the context of relationship, this is what it looks like. It looks like the single person who needs to be married, that's not okay not being married, and so therefore that's all they're focused on, and they can miss out on what singleness brings. And in the same tone, it can be the married person who pines to be single yet again. It can be the couple who are desperate to have children and need to have more children to be okay. And it can be the parents who are just exasperated and exhausted and can't wait to get rid of their grown-up kids. In every single opportunity, it doesn't matter if you're seeing a need to change or pining for something else or desperate, it's missing It's missing why you're in the position you're in right now. And what it can do is it can actually cause us to shut down. And you see this. You see single people that they shut down until they find a relationship. Couples that shut down because they can't have kids. And and parents who shut down because quite literally every break has been tripped and they've got nothing left in the tank. And I get it. Loneliness. Being a single can be so lonely. But also being married can be very frustrating. Having kids can be exhausting. Infertility is a unique and specific kind of pain. And being a widow can lead to despair. All of these things in every single life situation, they all have their downs, but they also all have their ups. Every single one of them has an opportunity because every single one of them is actually part of a plan. And so what we need to make sure that we're understanding is in any situation, we're being intentional. John Maxwell once said that an unintentional life accepts everything and does nothing. An intentional life embraces only the things that will add to the mission of significance. And so if we want to see significant things happen, to have a life of significance no matter the season, situation or status... If we want to be intentional, we need to plan, not just wait, not sit on our haunches and not just desire a change but to actually use now well. See, Jackie and I, my wife and I, we never used now well, like all the way up to being married. Like we didn't have a plan. In fact, very specifically and separately, before we got together, we had both both made the decision that we weren't actually gonna go into a relationship anytime soon. Like it was a few months later that we fell in love and it was a few months after that that we were engaged and it was a few months after that that we were married. It was a couple of months after that that we moved to America. A few more months and we moved to Thief River Falls and a few more months we had children and a job and a car and a mortgage. You see, one of the things to understand about Tauses, if you know the Tauses at all, is that uh, we don't make good plans and we certainly don't follow plans and we're, heck, we're the family that really doesn't even ever show up on time. Like that's just who we are. I mean, if I'd actually made a real plan, maybe, you know, I wouldn't be living in Thief River Falls, Minnesota in the middle of nowhere. Lucky for me, there's someone who's got a better plan. But something happened in our family about five years ago. Jackie and I had been married about 11 years. And five years ago, we found ourselves having lots of conversations about why. Like, why were we doing the things that we were doing the way that we were doing them? And was it good? Like, was, was it leading to something significant and good and making the most of opportunities? And what we realized is that we maybe needed to take inventory and take stock. And so we did. We realized that, you know, we're a married couple. We have these very young children. So five years ago, it was a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Well, like, okay, so this is obviously going to be an intentional time of raising those kids. And that was our situation. 
But since then, what we've come to realize is there's a beautiful thing about being a young family, is there are lots of other young families, and lots of other young families need help. So Jackie, she happens to be a stay-at-home mom right now. And she happens to have the opportunity to be able to invite other moms, other parents, other families to come and, and be with her and to be able to pour life and love into their family. Like she's the kind of person that wants you to drop off your baby so you can go get a good night's sleep or go get a date. And that's her making the most out of her opportunity that she doesn't have to go out and work right now, but she gets to love these people. And in our house, it's absolute chaos. But there's usually like 10 to 15 people a day in and out of our house because that's her making the most out of the opportunity she has. For me, I love to teach. I love teaching at Epiphany, but I also love teaching anyone and everyone ever, especially my children. And so I take a lot of time with my days off and a lot of time on an evening teaching my kids and teaching them the intangibles like character and integrity and virtue because I think those things matter and I think that's how we make the most out of the opportunity of having kids when they're young, is teaching these things to go with them. Now, and this isn't an attempt for us to boast. Like our marriage is not something that we hold up on a pedestal and say, aren't we amazing? It's not a bar to set. But over these last five years, what we've experienced is really how we, as the Tauses, we implement Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. Because we do believe that the Lord actually wants to do good things through our family and through our marriage. And we want to be wise. We want to make the most out of every opportunity. A lot of it comes from the belief that I hold that, quite frankly, behind it all, like behind our cravings, behind our desires, behind every Hallmark movie, behind every fake happy family Facebook post or just general family jealousy, what we want is actually what God wants. Because what we want is to know this plan that he has. We actually want to be led by him. If he has got this plan, then we would want what it says in verse 18. We would actually want to be led by his Holy Spirit. We would want to be full of joy and thanksgiving and want to declare through song and worship that we're his and he can do with us and we'll follow his plan if we know what it is. I think what we actually want is to make the most out of every opportunity. We don't want to live a life of insignificance. We want to work out the significant plan for the time of life we're in now. And so this is basically what it boils down for me and you. We're very different people, but we've still got the same questions to ask. How does one do this? How do you actually make the most out of your situation? Well, it starts by knowing your situation knowing what is good about it, knowing what opportunities you have. I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. What, it is, what is it that I can actually do now that is good? What opportunities do I have that maybe I won't have, that others can't have? Maybe it is that you're single and you don't necessarily want that to be the case maybe, but right now you've got more time more time to focus on growth and education, more time to focus on health and finances, more time because you have a few focuses, a few things that you can do diligently and do well. Maybe you are married and the great opportunity that you have is to show one individual above anyone else what God's love is like. like you can show them how valuable they are, how worth it they are, and you can declare to that individual what their identity is. Maybe you're a parent and you get the unique opportunity to move some children to actually what matters most, helping them understand how to make the most of every opportunity. 
You might be a widow. You might be single again and you never thought you would be. You might find yourself being a single parent. No one's asking you to be completely thrilled with the situation you're in. I'm just asking you not to shut down, but instead to be intentional. To be intentional with the situation you're in and make the most of it. Because what Paul wants is for us to be careful. What God wants is for us not to live like fools, but like those who are wise. Making the most of every opportunity in evil days. Knowing what it is that God wants us to do. So here's your challenge. Here's the thing to do today, this week, on your own, as a couple, as a family, is make a list. Like make an actual paper copy list. Three things or more that you can objectively point to and say, this is an opportunity I have in my situation. This is an opportunity that I have in my singleness or in my youth or in my age or in my wealth or in my family or in my marriage or in my retirement. This is the opportunity that I have, a unique and specific thing that others can't do. And that if your lifestyle situation did change, you would no longer be able to do. If you and I are people that want to love God and love people, what we want to do is what the Lord wants us to do, is then we get to do this, to take the time to actually find out what these opportunities are, to have conversation with him on the regular, on the weekly, with decisions, with relationships. Over the next three conversations, we're going to talk about the significance of singleness, the beauty of it. We're going to talk about why God places so much significance on marriage and why it is that parenting is maybe the most important thing if we want to see anything change in culture, society and world and why God has placed so much importance upon it. All of these things just so that we can make the most of it, make the most out of every opportunity. And we believe that these conversations are something that are worth sharing with one another. And so actually what I'm going to ask you to do is if you believe that this is something worth sharing, is I'm going to ask you to share it with someone, to bring someone into the conversation. And you can do that by sharing this link with someone today. And don't share it kind of like in that vein of, hey, you really need to hear this because you're a terrible person and you need to be told off. Like, don't, don't do that. But if you think you've got a family member or a friend that you think would benefit from this series of conversations, then share the link with them or bring them to church the next time that you can be in person. Whatever it is that we're going to do, we do it because we want to be intentional. We want to live a lifestyle that is significant and use our family, our parenting, our marriage and our singleness in a way that is making the most of it. And so I challenge you to take up the challenge. Write a list, take the names. What is it that you're going to do that others cannot do, that you are specifically created to do good things that the Lord wants you to do? I challenge you to do this and to make the most out of your family plan. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you that we do get to talk about family. We get to talk about how it is, how it's difficult, how it's challenging, and how every single stage of it can be rough and it can just seem like a downer. And so God, I pray right now for the singles and I pray for the marrieds and I pray for the couples and I pray for the parents and I pray for the grandparents. I pray for the retired. I pray for the widow. I pray for those who want their life to be significant for you. They want to use their story so it can bring you some honor and glory. And, and God, I pray that you would instill them with hope. Help them see opportunity. Help every single one of us see every single opportunity that we have to use our lives for something good, the good things that you have planned for us. 
God, we ask this and we're so grateful that we get to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.